Well, Ben, after a rain delay, after we almost got a second rain delay, after multiple blown leads in which you and I are sitting here and thinking, please, just can the Jays hold on to the lead for more than 10 minutes? I just want to say one thing. Okay. Thank God they won today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God the game ended, like, at oh, some point. I mean, I was ready God. to walk across the street, get a tent. Maybe, a, <laughs> you know, we could probably fit a small mattress in here if probably. we needed to. But, yeah, I mean, they, they absolutely needed that one. Uh, you know, there, there are things to, to pick away from it, certainly. But at the end of the day, it is a one game. It's a series one. I certainly, I think, kind of like the Washington series, there will be some who feel, and rightfully so, that maybe they left something on the table in, in terms of a sweep. But they do at least put themselves in decent position heading into a series against now the second worst team in baseball, the Oakland athletics uh, with, with a lot coming up. So uh, yeah, they needed it absolutely. And they got it. Yeah. I don't think the, uh, the I'm using air quotes here, the discourse that surrounds this team could have handled a second loss to the Rockies in as many days, but Hey, thankfully they pull it out with some timely hitting in the ninth, despite the rain delay, they avoid the second one, a 7-5 waterlogged win to lock up a series win in Colorado ahead of the series against the A's starting tomorrow. Uh, welcome to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on Sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali, Ben Shulman with you. We're taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is the people's text line. That is always open. Please leave your name and location just so we can give you a shout out on the air. You know, lots of call-ups factoring into the uh, final score today. Like certainly oh, yeah. we can talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and what we saw from him. And I think there there's some some bad to go on with a lot of good, certainly with Vladdy. But I think by and large, we don't have to have this conversation that we had yesterday on Vladdy. But Spencer Horwitz and Ernie Clement each with three hits today and Spencer Horowitz clobbering his first major league home run, but both of those guys factoring in in massive ways. So I know there was some people kind of like snickering at the lineup when, especially after belt was scratched and Horowitz was put in very, very late in this one, like right before the, the game started and he rewarded the blue Jays and he was a big reason of why they won seven, five along with Ernie Clement. Yeah. Both of them, you know, d did a great job today getting on obviously Horowitz with the power with that home run and you know, they just found a way. I, I don't think that aside from the Horowitz home run, they were especially hard hit balls off the bat of both of those guys a lot of the time, but they put the ball in play. They, they gave themselves a chance there to get on base and you know, they happen to do it in some pretty big spots and, and with Horowitz, you know, knocking in uh, the run with Davis Schneider on second base after his Homer. And then of course, Ernie Clement coming up with a, a nice insurance run there that the blue Jays don't end up needing, but always nice to have anyway, and could, you know, help Jordan Romano pitch in a, a little bit more comfortably rather than having a one run lead in a Homer happy ballpark. So yeah, huge day. I think for a lot of the guys coming up for the Bisons, I'll even give a, you know, a little bit of credit there. Mason McCoy coming in as a pinch runner, did yeah. burn it around the bases and, and clearly, uh, you know, has some utility in a spot like that. And you see, you know, uh, Tyler Heineman handle himself behind the plate today as we knew he could, he's, sure. you know, it's a little different situation than some of the other guys uh, who have a little bit less time with this team, but yeah, it, it's awesome. I, I think that the blue Jays, 
for a little bit have not been getting a ton from the minors, like not just this year. I, I just mean in general over the last while and the mark of, of good organizations is depth beyond the 26 man roster usually. And this is huge. Like they are pretty badly injured right now are the blue Jays and to rely upon so many of these guys and be able to get this series win is massive. I'm just looking at a, the text line here and a lot of, a lot of people talking about the, uh, the, the contributions of guys like 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 Ernie Clement and, and Spencer Horwitz. Okay, I see one here uh, from JJ in Toronto, the Toronto Bisons. Nice to see the young guys deliver in key moments. Incredibly important with some of the struggles we have seen this year. Big series in Oakland and with Texan and Houston, Texas and Houston facing each other. Take care of our business and we gain on one of them. I see another one here from, let me see. I was just, I got a good one here. Yeah, go for uh, it. Ed from Scarborough, Schneider, Horwitz, Clement are basically LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. Uh, jokes aside, who would thought those names would be key in September? And absolutely. That's, that's I mean, point. it's not the plan, but when you can go off script a little bit, and and granted, it's the best time to go off script when you're playing some of the weakest teams in Major League Baseball and still win it, it's big. It's big for the Blue Jays. I think both of us felt for a lot of today that this might be a game that the Blue Jays weren't going to win, uh, but they relied upon those guys a lot. And, you know, got a nice hit on a substitute day from Santiago Espinal in the ninth inning, too. There, there was a, a lot of contributions that helped them out today, but certainly the Buffalo guys uh, with Vladimir Guerrero yes. Jr. leading the way. I see another text here from Kyle in Woodstock. Hey, Ben and show watching all of these call-ups play the last month. I've noticed they all have a really good approach at the plate. They don't try to do too much. They take what the pitchers give them uh, and just try to keep the line moving. I know Chapman is above an above-average defender at third, but unless he revamps his approach when he returns, I'd rather see Clement at third going forward. I'm not expecting these call-ups to hit 400 going forward, but if they continue with the same approach, I think they will have more productive outs than some of the other regulars in this lineup. That's Kyle from Woodstock. You know what? To, to that point, I was just looking up the tweet from Hazel because she had tweeted this out yesterday. Oh, no, this is earlier today, actually. This was an update on Matt Chapman. Uh, because you and I were kind of talking that that the, there was there was a potential that Bo and Chapman could return as soon as they were able to, which would be Thursday, September seventh, which is an off day between the Oakland series and the Kansas City series. And I see here, this is from Hazel from about four hours ago. The swelling on Matt Chapman's right middle finger has gone down considerably, but he is still finding it difficult to make a fist. Chapman has yet to hit or throw since suffering the injury, uh, but he hopes he can start swinging and throwing when the team's in Oakland. That like that doesn't sound like someone who is ready to return in like four days to yeah, me. Yeah, right? I, so, I don't think so. So if that's, if that's the case, then I really do think there there is no real reason for when Bo returns. I mean, it probably end up being Mason McCoy, but there's no real reason for when Chapman returns that it does end up being one of, if they keep hitting like this, certainly, but it ends up being Clement or perhaps even Horwitz. Yeah, I, I don't think, regardless of my opinion on it, I, I mean, Ernie Clement's not going to start over Matt Chapman. That's, I just don't think that's going to happen personally. Right. I mean, this is Ernie Clement has, I'm a, a big fan of Ernie Clement and sure. stood by his defense yesterday after the two errors. And, you know, he's had a great 31 at bats for the blue Jays, but uh, you know, again, like it's not, it's a different situation. The blue Jays are also needing power. I, I think that he has a role on the team. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I, I just don't see that happening. But like you said, I think both of us are huge supporters in the fact that Ernie Clement should be on this team in September yeah. when guys are healthy. Yeah. He can help out in a lot of different spots defensively. He does seem to have something going right now. And, uh, you know, if, if 
if they have the room to keep him, I would certainly do it. Like I, I would support Clement in some difficult roster decisions, I think. Um, but the, you know, it is worth noting the the really small sample size that all these guys are hitting in sure. right now. It's, and it's not to take anything yeah, away yeah. from them. Like, but like Ernie Clement has over a hundred games in his major league career before the, the 19 games he's played this year, you know, that the production in those is not even remotely similar offensively uh, to what you've gotten over hundreds and hundreds of games for Matt Chapman, who, who I would say too is probably more than in my opinion, uh, just an above average defender. 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. We'll go back to the text line in a sec, which is 590-590, name and location. The people's text line always open. Let's start off with Kevin in Virginia. Kevin, welcome to Jay's Talk. What's on your mind? Guys, thanks so much. I love the show. I listen every day. Uh, you guys do a tremendous job, so thank you for all you do. I wanted to give a shout-out here sure. uh, to Spencer Horwitz. Last night, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, he strikes out. And how does he respond today? He put up a monster game. They relied on him all day, and uh, he got the job done. The Jays get the win. And now we've got three games against the Athletics where uh, we can make up some serious ground this week. It's, uh, things are looking up, I would say. Hey, Kevin, appreciate the call. It's a, it's a totally valid point. I think you you're able to at least keep pace with the other teams in the wild card. And we'll do a deeper dive on the wild card when we get to the bet three, six, five standings watch on the other side of the break. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a good point from Kevin because you look at Spencer Horwitz, he was thrown into, and we didn't really talk about this yesterday, but he was thrown into what was effectively like an impossible situation, right? Like he, he hadn't played at all. It was his first, it was his first plate appearance since being called up. And he had been down for a while. He had been. And and even though he'd been hitting well in the minors, he had an OPS of around 900, I want to say, prior to being called up, but he yeah. hadn't played. Pinch hitting, just generally speaking, is not easy. He comes in, bases loaded, two outs, he strikes out on some, frankly, like pretty filthy sliders from, against a guy from with Kinley. almost no scouting report, like a guy who's pitched seven times himself. So it, it wasn't the best situation for him to go in, even though he was the best hitter that the Blue Jays had available in that particular situation. And for him to come up today, to Kevin's point, I mean, it's it's incredibly impressive. I'm sure he was he got the notification that he was starting today over Brandon Belt well before we did. Like we heard that like maybe what like five minutes before yeah, first pitch, almost at first pitch. <laughs> and uh, I'm, he probably heard before, but even so, he it, he probably did not wake up today thinking he was going to play in this game. More than likely, and uh, if that's the case, and even if it's not, even if he did know, good for Spencer Horwitz to bounce back because I think we a lot of people have been clamoring to see Spencer Horwitz, and it felt like you just weren't going to see. All that, all that much because first base slash DH is going to be taken by certainly Vladdy and Belt, but the the DH spot, even if it's not Belt, is largely going to be taken up by like the other catcher. But then Jana went on the the IL right, or it's going to be taken by sometimes we see David Schneider there to get him his bat in the lineup, which yeah. is obviously a good idea. He's going to do that not all the time, certainly. So for Spencer Horwitz to go in there and he played at first base today, well, Vladdy was DHing. It, it's just that is as good a bounce back as you can have after a, a truly tough situation. Yeah. And, and I wonder if some of that plays into, you know, I think there's been a lot of whether right or wrong, a lot of people asking about, Hey, maybe a guy like a Relvis Martinez could come up and help this team. And a Relvis Martinez is having a 
fantastic year. He Don't is. get me wrong. Yeah. He is a young guy. For Spencer Horwitz, who is a young guy, but he's 25, going on 26 pretty soon, and he's a prospect that's been playing pro baseball now since 2019. Another like late-round draft guy by the Blue Jays, 24th-round pick. Spencer Horwitz was of the Blue Jays in 2019. And, and I think sometimes they might favor some of these more experienced guys for especially a role like this where it's not starting all the time, a little bit more of a bench role because, you know, although it hasn't been at the major league level, Spencer Horwitz has played a lot of baseball. He's probably struck out in a big situation before come back the next day and had a good day in his minor league career. So he knows that he can do stuff like that. And today was certainly like without a doubt, the best day of his, of his five game major league career so far, he was two for nine coming into today uh, and ends up, you know, with, with just a massive game and a home run and some big hits. So yeah, that, that is awesome. And definitely, you know, uh, a good note there from Kevin because yeah, Horowitz, you know, I, I could easily see someone who's played a brief major league career, losing some confidence from something like that yesterday, even though it was such a difficult situation, but he came out aggressive today and it really paid off. 416-870-0590-188-666-0590. Star 590 on your cell. Let's go back to the phones. Don in St. Catharines. Don, thanks for joining us. What's on your mind today? Thanks. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you taking the callers. Uh, you do a great job and you let them voice their opinion. Uh, you're not opinionated and you allow people to express themselves. So I'm going to express myself sure. on an issue here. And then I want your feedback on it. Okay. I want your opinion uh, to what I'm saying. Uh, as you are aware, and a lot of people are aware, uh, Vladimir has been struggling all year with, with uh, his at-bats for various reasons. And, uh, he was up at the plate, and he hit a fly ball to the outfield, left field, and he stands there a few feet away from the uh, home plate, and then he decides to trot, trot a little bit, and then he gets to first base and realizes, oh, maybe I can make it through an error and get to second base. Now, here's my point. Vladimir, of all people, is struggling at the plate, and yet he assumes that the ball is going out. That is inexcusable, and I don't understand how ball players, generally speaking, can do uh, can assume anything. You know, you have to assume it's not going out and run like the Blazers. Schneider on the team, he do, he goes all out, but Vladimir, he doesn't. He doesn't, he shouldn't do that. That is absolutely inexcusable. And Schneider, the coach, should sit him down and give him what for. I am so frustrated at Vladimir and how he's so lackadaisical. Now, I've said my piece. Um, tell me what, if I'm wrong or what. Sure. Hey, Don, I appreciate the call. Thank you for calling in. I'll say this, Ben, before we, before we give our, our takes on that. Uh, uh, Don's, Don's, viewpoint is mirrored by many on the text line as well. I don't yeah, want to, I don't want to on Twitter and so on. Yeah. Like I'm just going to read a couple of them before we continue. Right. Just so I, cause I want people to know that I am seeing their tweets, their, their text. Pardon me. <laughs> I see Sam from Surrey, Vladdy admiring the non home run is unprofessional. He should learn from the recent call-ups unacceptable. Natasha from New Brunswick. I think he should be traded in the off season. Uh, Tony from Kitchener, even though Vladdy hit the home run, why does his second single he stared at make me sad, sad face emoji. Uh, Jay from London. I don't give a crap if he hit the homer today. I think if you're not cussing, uh, Schneider <laughs> should have pulled Vlad at second base for a pinch runner. Enough is enough. 
coach needs to grow a new set. And this one's from Chris in Vancouver. Oh. Uh, hey, guys, Brian Snitker is the best manager in the game, in my opinion. A couple of years ago, he benched Acuna and publicly announced it after the game. It's never been an issue again. I know he couldn't do it today due to injuries, but it happens so much with Vladdy. I think that's the only way to handle it. Embarrassing him publicly, publicly may sound cruel, but some lessons have to be learned the hard way. I'll say this. Like on, on embarrassing, and you and I had this discussion on the pregame show, but embarrassing anyone publicly, I'll just, I'll never be on board with that. Personally, I'll just never, ever. That's not to say Vladdy should not take a seat at some point just for, and I've said this, I said this last night, for a mental reset purposes, but like embarrassing a guy or calling him out to the media, I personally see no value in that. I don't think, not all players are the same. Some players respond one way. Some players respond another way. I think people kind of feel it's like a hard, a hard line must be taken. The line must be drawn here. No further. Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, you know, the, I think <laughs> nice. people, people want to see that a lot with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I, I just personally don't think it would do much. To the, me, to the media. Yes. If, if, I mean, if like, I do think sometimes certain people pretend that we know what John Schneider is doing. I don't know what John Schneider is doing in that clubhouse. And we talked about this on the pregame show show doesn't know Tom young back there. Doesn't know what John Schneider's doing in the yeah. clubhouse. Larry Barker. They don't know. No, like, one yeah, knows. no one knows. They're not telling us because they're not going to John's not going to go. Yeah. You know, I really reamed out Vladdy yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Like why, what, how would that benefit anyone? It would just make all of us have something to talk about, which is not what they want. So he, I, I thought there was a shot of him talking to him during the game. I could be wrong. I'd imagine they'll talk to him, but I don't know. Cause none of us know. I I'm not big on the, the public embarrassment either to go back to the call. Yes. That being said, obviously it's a, it's a really bad play. There's, there's nothing around that. He can't, it's, he can't admire it. No, there's no, no there's, there's no justification for that. I'm not going to sit there and do it. I do think that like, there's a bit of a wagon and it's pretty full right now. Like there's a million texts about benching him. And there were a million yesterday. If they benched him today, they would have lost the game. He, he contributed two runs with his bat and then scored another one. Like they would have lost the game. So they're not going to bench him. They don't, they're not better. If he's sitting on the bench trading is a talk for the off season. Because contract is coming up, so there's some interesting stuff there at least. But they're not going to bench him. He shouldn't have done that. He needs to run hard out of the box, no doubt. He also reached base four times today, drove in two runs, and was quite important to the win. And don't get me wrong. I also agree with both you and with Don and many of the texters that, yes, he should have run hard. 100% he, he, he should have run he, hard. He, he, I will never cleared, say he shouldn't have run hard. It, like, and I think Schneider does need to instill in him, and I and I, I do, I think you're right. I think we did see a shot of him talking to Vladdy like relatively soon after that in the dugout, and heavens only knows what he said in that in that conversation, yeah. but I can only imagine it had something to do with him not running hard because then he had to run like a madman on on what was a th- effectively like a, a, not a really an error, but in terms of, getting the ball into the infield and he like dives and avoids the tag on a play where in which he otherwise would have been called out, which would have been a thousand times worse. Yeah. Right? That would have been real bad, but uh, he did get to second safely, but like he, he it, it needs to be instilled in him. Yes. That just, you hit the ball hard. You run, you just run until you, you know, you don't need to run anymore, whether it's a home run. And, and yes, certainly that's what the base, base coaches are for. If he's head down motoring around the bases and it was a home run, 
he can look at when he's getting to third and they give him this, they give him a bit of a slow, <laughs> slow, slow, slow well, he hits down. The ball pretty line. hard. It might he get does. out before he gets this to is third. fair. So he, maybe he sees it by the time he gets to <laughs> second base, around but, first or second. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yes, it, it, I absolutely 100% agree. It's not, it's not great to see, but like if they had lost this game, there is no way it would have been in any way, shape or form on Vladimir. Not like last night. No way it would have been on Vladdy. Yeah. That like that play because he ended up getting to second base again, he should run hard, but the Rockies rockied themselves out of having the advantage of Vladdy not hustling on that play. So again, he should have certainly run hard and he is definitely not having his best season. I also thought he was pretty good today and made a lot of really good swing decisions. And if he has a lot of days like this going forward, the blue Jays are going to win a lot of games. Uh, of course, a big, a big discussion point as we're talking about is, is the Vlad uh, non home run, the run, the running snafu base running snafu. Let's hear a little bit of what John Schneider had to say on Vlad's game. And I think he does in this little snippet address what went on. So let's hear what Schneider had to say about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s game. Yeah. <laughs> um, home run was great. You know, um, sinker in, you know, got underneath it, which is awesome. It's a great sign. Um, hits another rocket off the wall. And, um, you know, joked baseball gods allowed him to get to second on the uh, on the bobble. But we, we hashed it out. It's all good. It looked like he was going to Vladdy there in the dugout. Was that what the topic yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. We were, yeah, just between me and him, handled it. He's fine. And, um, you know, I was I was really proud of his game today overall. I mean, you're here at Coors Field. You think everything's a homer? Um, no, me and Vladdy talked about it. It's all good. I'll be honest. I also thought it was a home run. Like I thought he blasted it. And again, yeah. and it was maybe what, like less than a foot from being a home run, but that doesn't mean doesn't excuse what happened. No, should have But they, it sounds like they addressed it. There you go. I, 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 I feel like there's not much more you can say unless until it happens again. And you hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And we have no idea what he said and it could have been harsh. It could have not been harsh. We don't know, but they've talked about it. He's certainly not going to, I think, really scream at him in the dugout. We've seen once this year, someone scream at someone in the dugout and Matt Chapman had to answer a lot of questions about that for a while. I don't think people want to do that. I think they want to talk about the baseball game on the field. So it, it's not an acceptable play, but I also agree with Schneider that it was a good game from him overall. He significantly contributed to the blue Jays winning this ball game. Uh, no, no name on this text, but it says on Vlad, I will say this. You don't embarrass your players and you don't trade him before his contract is up. Any Vlad trade, you lose, which is true. I mean, like Paul from Perth said, trade Vladdy for Jose Ramirez to trade Chappie and sign Bellinger with a blank check after that effort. That adds 100 plus runs a year. Offensive then, problem solved. And then you sign Otani and then Jackie Moon <laughs> is both your power forward and your own. Trade Vlad for Jose Ramirez one for one. I mean, that's not, that's not. I don't think, I still don't think you're, you're not winning that trade. And also Jose Ramirez I, I think not getting traded. I think you maybe win that trade, but it's a fictitious trade that never happens. Yeah, like, like Jose that. Ramirez will probably never leave Cleveland. Probably. They, he's the only guy in a, like a decade. Yeah. Paid and there was someone else that texted in earlier, like trade Vladdy and, and Manoa for uh, Julio Rodriguez. And that's not happening. So, I mean, why, that, why, why would, would they do that? Why would the Jays do that? And also, well, the, why would the, the Mariners? Seattle, yeah, why would they, <laughs> yeah, he's the cornerstone of their franchise. <laughs> it's just look, I, I, don't get me wrong. You know, I love the fake trades. I, I enjoy trade and, machine and, entertaining them. Yeah, it's all a lot of fun to crank it up. But uh, yeah, Vladdy's Vladdy's not getting traded. Even if it does frustrate, he does frustrate people sometimes. He was, like it or not, key in winning this ball game, a 7-5 final for the Jays. All right, let's take... 
a quick break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll go back to the text line, back to the phone lines, and we'll also check out, like we alluded to before, the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. Uh, I guess kind of a somewhat of a helpful, helpful scoreboard, but it does somewhat hinge on what goes on on Sunday Night Baseball, which is happening as we speak. But we'll check in all along the Standings Watch. That's still to come on the other side of the break. You're listening to Jay's Talk Show and Ben with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's pretty cool. You know, they were all doing well when they came up, and I think that has a little bit of a carryover effect. Um, But, yeah, it's been really remarkable to see those guys come up and kind of be right in the middle of it, you know. Um, All you can really ask for from those guys uh, with a couple regulars out, too. But huge day from Spence. He found out he was playing about 20 minutes before the game. Um, Brandon just had his back, just lower back tightness kind of locked up on him a little bit. So for not knowing you're playing and then going out and having a game like that is pretty cool. That is... John Schneider chatting about the play of the call-ups, most notably Spencer Horwitz. And we found out right there that uh, Horwitz only finding out that he was playing 20 minutes before the ball game. So for him to do what he did today, I think is doubly impressive and uh, got the update on Brandon Bell. We, we knew the back tightness was something that had been bothering him even a couple days ago uh, prior, I guess, prior to the road trip, but still Brandon belt. I mean, certainly you can't afford to have any more injuries, but you do. It does somewhat make you feel not good by any means because no injuries make you feel good, but uh, that Spencer Horwitz did have a decent game. And uh, it's someone we've been talking about all year, effectively like David Schneider and Horwitz and Barger and Martinez are the four guys outside of Ricky Martinez. We've been talking about virtually all season. So for, uh, for two of them to come up and contribute in, in meaningful ways is absolutely a win. But uh, yeah, that's John Schneider speaking to the media. Welcome back to Jay's talk show and Ben with you for about 15 more minutes or so uh, before we go back to the phone lines, I wanted to read this text line question for you, Ben and uh, Wally from Cambridge. Who do you think we will catch in the wild card race? And who is a guy that we need to step up for a playoff push? I almost feel like the people who need to step up, honestly, will be the starting rotation and the bullpen. Just a smidge. Just a little From little this smidge. series, yes. sir. I mean, yeah. you, you hope that this is just like the Colorado Rockies house of horrors. And you do go really 180 from this, you know, large ballpark in Colorado, but thin air to much different air situation and still a large a ballpark in ballpark. Oakland yeah. uh, that really can lend you a lot of outs, both on fly balls and with that massive foul territory they have down both lines. Yeah. I, I just, you see, I mean, Matt Chapman obviously is very familiar with that, that ballpark, but uh, he will not see Chapman, but we are so used to seeing third baseman and first baseman really kind of scurry into the foul territory where it's just a massive area, but we'll, we'll see all of that starting tomorrow. But for Wally's the first part of Wally's question. Who do you think we will catch in the wild card race? Why don't we check out the major league standings watch presented by bat three, six, five, download the bat three, six, five app and check out the latest odds for today's baseball games. 19 plus play responsibly Ontario only. So if we take a look at the wild card standings and uh, take a look at some of the games that have already gone final. So the Jays won the Rays won, the Rangers won, the Mariners lost. So you do you don't gain any ground on the Rangers because you entered the game uh one and a half back and, and uh, you are still, still one and a half back. You were three and a half back of the Mariners, and because the Mariners did lose to the Mets, six three the final score in favor of New York, you now end today two and a half back of the Mariners. So again, the AL West part of this whole equation is going to be very tight, essentially for the rest of the season. And they and all play each they other. Play each it's other. all yeah. jumbled up. 
The Yankees are playing the Astros right now as we speak. It's the end of the third inning, and the Astros do lead one nothing. It's a Kyle Tucker RBI sack fly, so not the sexiest of scores, but no. <laughs> uh, still a lot of game left to be played on Sunday Night Baseball. Christian Javier on the mound. I think Michael King started that game for he the did, Yankees. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's, uh, gonna... he's He's pitched three innings. I'm not sure if it's like an open situation, but it seems like they're rolling with him. I mean, I, I admit I have not watched many Yankees games as of late, but King was a reliever, so yes. I, I, I'm I believe... not sure if early in his career he was just okay so maybe he's been stretched out at this point of the season but uh, either way Astros lead one nothing so I suppose which seems kind of counterintuitive to anything about the Blue Jays but I suppose if you do want the Jays to gain some more ground in the wild card race you do kind of cheer for the Yankees tonight I would think I I think you have to root for the New York yeah. Yankees frankly there's no way around it I know it goes against a lot of Blue Jays fans DNA but uh, you know, the the playoffs, I, I think, here trump a little bit more than uh, than historical hatred at this point. <laughs> yes, it is. Don't get me wrong. It's weird. It's a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's an alien concept to me. But uh, there you go. That's a quick check of the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. Someone had texted in earlier. I'm going to try and find it. It was about the pitching. And I will say we forgot to answer Wally's question. Oh, yes. Go ahead. About the playoff race. So I lean Texas based on just recent play. But it is... It is really interesting. I mean, even if we assume Houston wins today and they stay two and a half up, Houston plays Texas coming up. Texas also has two more series against Seattle. And I think that really hurts them overall added on, you know, that they have a really, really rough bullpen that blew multiple leads today, even though they won the game. Uh, But regardless of who they are going to catch, uh, it's a really, really big opportunity coming up the next three days as the Jays play Oakland, Houston plays Texas, and Seattle visits Cincinnati, which is no walk in the park yeah, as the Blue Jays discovered, although the Blue Jays won the series there. It is not an easy place to play either. So this is a, a huge stretch coming up, and I, I think it's the same thing we've been saying all year. You know, they need more days like today out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. if they're going to make that push when, when asking who the, the player is that needs to step up outside of obviously the pitching staff, sure. and they need more days like yesterday out of George Springer. Uh, I think those are the two guys probably that, you know, haven't been doing what we thought they would do the most so far this year and, and can potentially have the biggest bounce back here if they're going to have one in the final month. I do want to say Springer's AB against Kinley in the top of the eighth inning. It was something you and I were talking about in here, but I he did strike out in the end. Don't get me wrong. So it can only be so good, right? But I, I, I do feel like we saw some good things that I would like to see reflected in other people on this roster at times, which is some more discipline because we don't always see this. And I, and I've complained a lot about Springer himself, not doing this when he was in that over 35 uh, slump, the rut, but uh, you look at what went on today. So he was, he protected a lot. It was a bit of a long AB, but he protected a lot with two strikes. Yeah. Fouled off a lot of real close pitches. Some a little off the plate, but I think they're good swings with two strikes. And yeah. And and I think as it goes, his swing decisions were in part, influenced by where strikes were being called and because some away from Springer, a number of pitches outside of the, like the TV strike zone at the very least were being called strikes. And so Springer swinging at those a little bit more. And ultimately the pitch that got him was one just a little outside in that same spot kind of away from him. But again, protecting with two strikes and fouling pitches off is something I'd like to see more from knowing that umpire strike zones can be spotty at the best of times. So I would like to see that going forward. But again, even though he did strike out, I thought it was a, a good, maybe process perhaps yeah. uh, from Springer. I found the text I was looking for. Uh, Janelle in Ottawa says, phew, great, great win. We needed that. Can you guys give your thoughts on the starting rotation struggling a little bit lately, which is something we kind of talked about a little bit. And of course, Kevin Gosman not helped by the rain delay because he only went four innings and did not come back out after the rain delay, but four innings, six hits, three runs, all of which were earned five strikeouts, 
three walks and he threw, I think, 67 pitches. Yeah, I mean, the day a day after Kikuchi struggles, you kind of think to yourself, Kikuchi only went four and two thirds. So two straight games where you have to go to the bullpen starting in the fifth inning. Not ideal, obviously, especially from Kevin Gossman, who, I don't know, he he missed on quite a few pitches. He left a few, a few fastballs out right over the middle of the plate. And like, it's, it's, it wasn't like the top of the order that was beating him. He, like we said, he had a number of walks as well. The three walks, which is also pretty uncharacteristic. Again, I do kind of wonder going back to our Kikuchi discussion from yesterday, Ben, how much of it has to do with, you know, he, he doesn't want to throw too much of the off-speed stuff in the thin Denver air because it can, as Ben and Chris were talking about on the broadcast affect the break of those pitches. Maybe that is, has a little bit to do with it, but Unfortunately, it's kind of another start for Gosman where he has looked less than sharp. And the broadcast, I don't know if you saw this, did catch him kind of like picking at his throwing hand a little bit. So I kind of wonder if maybe maybe blister issues, which he has obviously dealt with as a splitter thrower. So it could be a number of things, but he has looked less than sharp as of late. Yeah, it's, you know, I think overall, at least until it persists a little bit longer uh, in terms of the whole rotation, Mm -hmm. you can chalk a little bit up here. To Coors being Coors because the Blue Jays, you know, enter the series with I think the second best ERA, whole staff, not just uh, starters, but but bullpen as well, and and obviously the pitching the pitching did not have a great series overall. Uh, the Blue Jays surrendered a lot of runs, but uh, Gosman a little more concerning just because it's been kind of a uh, you know a middling second half for him. Uh, again, I thought the walks were a problem today, and we talked about that on the pregame show. It's you know he's a guy he did give up his fair share of hits today, but I, I really think that the majority of the time, if he doesn't give away free passes, his stuff is good enough that he's not going to get hit very hard. You've seen a a couple middling starts too from Yusei Kikuchi in a row and and a a little bit from Barrios. I think with those two guys, to a certain extent, like Kikuchi had been one of the ERA leaders in all of the second half. I think there was even for a year like this, just like a, a teaspoon of, regression to the mean a little bit coming up for him. And and I think the same can be said a little bit for Barrios who had one of the best Augusts of any pitcher in baseball. I I think both of those guys are very good and I have a lot of confidence in them. I just think they were, you know, no one's or very few guys are going to make 12, 13, 14 really good starts in a row. And I, I think that it was coming up for them. And I think the good news for the blue Jays is the last start they got from Chris Bassett was really solid and that they continue to essentially get five innings, two earned runs from Hyunjin Ryu. So I, I I think Gosman is where my most concern is just because the expectation is the highest. Agreed. Uh, but at the same time, he's the guy I still think when I look at, you know, the, the pitching matchup going into a game that I'm most confident in because you know when he's on that there's really no one better in this rotation than him. Yeah, he, when he is on, he is virtually unhittable. Uh, and, and again, walks, location hurting him today, but uh, so perhaps it simply means that even Kevin Gossman is not immune to Coors Field, where he has, of course, pitched before. But uh, we'll have to see if that continues. I think the next time we are all scheduled to see Gossman, excuse me, speck of dust, uh, is on the weekend against the uh, Kansas City Royals. Yes. Because starting tomorrow, you mentioned all three of these guys, but Brios, Bassett, Ryu, the scheduled probable pitchers 
against Oakland all three games, which I mean, like, you know, that that gives you the decided advantage. I think in all three of those starting yeah. pitching matchups, I mean, against if, you Oakland. Don't, if you don't have a starting pitching advantage against Oakland, I think you're <laughs> something else is you're, wrong. You're in a pretty rough spot. The A's uh, I mentioned earlier did, they just came off a sweep of the angels who are making a bid to drop into the bottom of the That's American wild. league as well. That's and so wild. the A's are half a game up on the Royals, I believe for not being the worst team in baseball, but the A's average just a, a smidge fewer runs allowed than the Rockies do. And if you look at some of the stats, like an ERA plus that tries to bring park factors in, tries to give Colorado some credit for pitching uh, in Colorado. I mean, the A's are way by far the worst pitching staff. Like it's not even remotely close per ERA plus uh, what, who is the worst pitching staff in baseball. So for the blue Jays, I still think you feel confident in everyone. And although it's a tough park to hit in, maybe there's something to, you know, feasting in Colorado. I mean, Colorado is going to give you runs. They did score 27 in three games, which is still impressive. Yeah. Even for being in Colorado and maybe in general, that just gives a boost to a lot of the blue Jays uh, confidence and, and, you know, just has them feeling good going forward into the say series. We have a couple minutes left here, Ben. Real quick, I just wanted to talk about the bullpen because the bullpen has been so good for so much of the season and today, and really the entire series, a couple of guys getting hit, right? Like Jimmy Garcia and Yenis Cabrera. Garcia again yesterday, today Trevor Richards. And Richards, I mean, gosh, he looked terrific for the first two batters. He was sitting at like nine pitches thrown after with two outs in the bottom of the fifth inning. Then he walks two batters, gives up the two-run double to Hunter Goodman, of all people, which ties two the game. Two double day for Hunter Goodman. It's true. He had a, he had a great... He had a lot of the guys you're not super familiar with on this Rockies lineup are the ones that really did a lot of the damage over the course of this three game series, Nolan Jones and Montero and so on. But the walks really hurting them in this one, certainly the three walks from Gosman, the two walks from Richards, but we did see Tim Mesa. He pitched well today. And, and I think a bounce back from when he, he gave up the runs in the Cleveland series loss, uh, Jordan Hicks did give up a leadoff double, but ultimately did not allow any damage. I uh, threw the sinker and the sweeper quite well today. And perhaps if for me, the most impressive outing, and Romano was Romano, right? But the most impressive outing was Chad Green. Like, Chad Green got, like, maybe not blasted, but he left a lot of really fat pitches. He got blasted. <laughs> he got blasted. He got hit very hard in his blasted. first outing back on Friday from TJ surgery. But you know what? It was against the bottom of the order, but he looked pretty good on very few pitches thrown. And I won't lie, it felt like a risky decision when I heard Chad Green was coming out, and he set those guys down immediately, it felt like, which is great to see. Yeah, I, I think it is big for Green, and he does at least retire. I believe Charlie Blackman at the top of the yeah. order to finish his inning. It, you know, it's we've only seen him twice. Once it's looked quite poor, and once it's looked quite good. So we'll have to see going forward. But you know, if you can get Chad Green going like he was today, like the guy that he was with the Yankees for so many years, that's just another guy that you can pitch in tight games in the seventh and eighth inning, uh, of which this team has an embarrassment of riches. It's a really tough series for Garcia, I think specifically. Cabrera, you know, he gives up the home run. It was the literally the first major mistake he made as, as a Blue Jay and the first earned right. runs he allowed. And it's a tough ballpark to pitch in. And he came out in game two and did look good. So I'm a little less concerned about him. Cabrera. But, yeah, for yeah, Garcia, yeah. I mean, the walks really, I think, are killer. And it's the same thing that you saw with Richards today. Both of those guys have really good stuff, but they just got to keep it in and around the zone enough. So I I do think that the emergence of Green, if he continues to pitch well, Garcia's got to turn it around pretty quickly because there's a lot of guys that can fill the 6th, 7th, and 8th in a close game. 
Yeah, I think Eric Swanson, probably not that far away from no. returning either. Thoracic. Eligible on the 11th, I think. Yeah, so we, very good chance. You see him as soon as he returns. There's been a lot of positive stuff around yeah. him. So That's the uh, Texas series, by the way, the 11th that starts. Yeah, so you know what? You need all the ha- all hands on deck for the rest of the season, but certainly when uh, the Rangers come to town next weekend. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Thank you for listening to the Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection for a special fall offer on rest protection visit crown.com today for ben shulman ben wagner chris larue tom young nick blackmore i'm show ali thank you for being with us on jay's talk this series ben mr shulman has jay's talk plus tomorrow with julia kreutz blair and barker have jay's talk on monday and wednesday i'm back on tuesday lots of moving parts you'll have all the blue jays coverage you can wish for we'll talk to you later